Welcome to a special episode of the No Formula Podcast. This is a shorter episode where Evan and I are going to be discussing how individuals and businesses in Canada are being affected by the pandemic from a financial perspective. Evan DePauli, CPA and Chartered Accountant, will provide updated information on how the government is helping and how to prepare for these changes. Hi, Evan. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. Uh, Before we start, if you don't mind, I'd like to say a few words about what's going on out there. I hope everyone is taking every precaution and staying safe. Uh, Think of your families, your friends, and uh, please stay home, everyone. Special shout out to all the doctors and the nurses also. You guys are taking care of us, so thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you for that, Evan. So if you don't mind, I just want to get right into it. So much has happened this week, and and things are constantly changing every single day. What are your thoughts about the 500,000 Canadians applying for employment insurance in the last week? Uh, my thoughts are with them. Um, it's obviously not a good situation for anyone involved, but uh, we're going to get through it. Um, I think we could very well see a rise in the number of applications as more businesses close. Um, supposedly, the government has the funding to continue funding the employment insurance, plus all the other measures we're going to discuss later. Um, I personally know people who have been laid off and uh, my thoughts are with them. It's very difficult for them at this time. Um, So I guess the government will provide some sort of assistance to many, many uh, sectors and many people involved, which we're going to get to in a minute. So how do you think the government is going to react to an overflow in employment insurance or at least registrations for them? I think they're going to have to hire a lot of people to man the phones. There are many ways to get the benefits. A lot of them are online, but if people are not registered or don't know how to do it, um, everyone's first instinct is usually to call the toll-free number. So they're going to have to probably hire a significant number of people to keep up with the demand. Okay, well, at least that employs some people, right? Yeah, yeah, some good will come out of it inevitably, yeah, for sure. Okay, and what is, what is the criteria to, to apply to employment insurance? Yeah, so both governments at both levels are doing everything they can to help uh, workers, um, whether you're employed or self-employed. Um, so we'll start with the federal. Um, they are promising uh, many different things. For instance, the average worker on employment insurance will be entitled to uh, benefits, uh, $900 for a maximum of 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to qualify, you will have to attest every two weeks and uh, the way to do this is through My Service Canada or uh, My Service Account Online Canada. Um, there are other measures they're taking. Uh, for instance, uh, if you are self-employed and have to take care of sick family members or stay home with your children, you will also qualify for these uh, programs. Um, I think they realize that the effect of COVID-19 on um, Canadians' budgets, uh, as stretched as they already are, could be the tipping point. And so they are taking every measure possible to make sure that the average Canadian family will be uh, properly cared for uh, through benefits. Okay, well, that's, that's good news. And in terms of employees being laid off, specifically the ones that are being laid off, are, are they entitled to something like yes, in more? Yes. Okay. Um, so depending on the organization, uh, you could be entitled to severance. However, uh, this would be on an individual case-by-case basis. And it would depend on how long you've worked for the company and uh, likely whether they intend to rehire you or not. I know that many businesses do intend to rehire uh, the laid-off workers, but again, you never know. So um, they're also entitled to their vacation pay um, when they're laid off. 
Um, but doesn't this take longer to like to get that severance pay because you have to wait till they go yes, through every single yes. case? Okay. Yeah. yeah, the severance pay is really on an employer by employer basis. Um, if I had to advise people, I would say um, ask your employer or HR if you qualify. Mm-hmm. And maybe their intent is to rehire you. So in that case, they may or may not want to uh, to give the severance payout. The vacation is a legal liability for companies. They have no choice but to uh, to uh, pay it out if if they ask uh, if they are asked for it. Okay. And how has the government been accommodating individuals and businesses during COVID nineteen? Yeah. So the government. Um, we'll start with the federal government, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, The federal government has a wage subsidy program in place. It is equal to 10% of your uh, payroll for the period. It's a subsidy against your salaries. The idea is that it's going to help you keep your workers uh, through this crisis. Um, It is for a maximum of three months. And the maximum per employee is $1,375. And per business. In total? Yes, in total. $1,375 per employee. And the total for each business is $25,000. They're doing what they can. Yeah, it's it's still limited, it's but it's unfortunate. Uh, but they yeah. are doing what they can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mentioned that. Uh, the other thing they're doing is with the income taxes. This has been all over the news. I'm sure everyone's familiar with it. So in Canada, you now have till June first to file a return, mm-hmm. and you only have to pay uh, by August thirty first. This applies to installments as well. There is a suspension of income tax installments. For instance, a lot of them were due in March. They will no longer be due. If you have to make installments, you do not have to make them. Uh, There is no no change to the filing and payments of the sales tax, GST, QST. You must still file and remit on time as far as we're uh, aware. Um, It's possible the Quebec government will um, change that policy in the coming days, but to date, nothing has been mentioned. Businesses have the same uh, suspension of income tax obligations, so they still have to file on time based on when their corporate year end is but they don't have to pay until August 31st. For Quebec, it's all the same information, but the deadline to pay is one month earlier. So your income taxes are due July 31st, the actual payment, okay. as opposed to April 30th. So I also want to mention that uh, the Quebec government has instituted the uh, Programme d'aide temporaire for workers who do not get uh, employment insurance benefits, but who do need to stay home to take care of um, themselves or who are sick or even if a family member is sick, uh, they would qualify for $573 a week through the uh, Quebec government's Programme d'aide temporaire. Um, This is also intended for people who are in quarantine or self-isolation. And it's something that not everyone is aware of. So I think it's really important to get the message out there. And with everything changing on a daily basis, do you think all these policies and these new, I guess, rules, I'm not sure what to call them, do you think they're gonna change? Um, if anything, they'll get less restrictive, I believe. Um, they're going to assess just how bad this is in the coming weeks. We're still at the early part of the uh, what's called the curve from what we've been seeing in the media. Mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, so far I must applaud the, the Quebec government in particular for their proactivity in dealing with this. I'm sure if more measures need to be taken, they will take them both at the federal and the provincial level. And as an accountant, are you are you helping cut clients in a different way than you're than you're used to? Yeah, yeah our our business has changed quite a bit in the last few weeks. Um, a lot of people like to meet in face uh, face to face with their accountant mm-hmm. um, for obvious reasons, and it's not because we don't want to, but we are trying to discourage that as much as possible to protect not only ourselves but the clients as well and their families and our families. 
Um, a lot of it is getting done by telephone. Uh, we're getting a lot of questions by phone. And if clients insist on uh, dropping off their documents in person rather than emailing them via PDF, um, we are quarantining the actual physical documents for 48 hours before we even touch them. So my, wow. yeah, that's the point we're at. That's crazy. And yeah. before we end, is there anything you want to add that I may not have asked you about that you think would be valuable for the listeners? Uh, yeah, there are other things that I want to mention for small businesses in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, the federal government has um, had some measures that are going to help small businesses, irrespective of the wage subsidy. Uh, they promised $10 billion to small businesses across Canada. Uh, these funds are going to be uh, dispersed and managed by uh, Export Development Canada, for those that export, and uh, BDC, through the Business, uh, business Compensation Program. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contact your local BDC uh, representative, or if anyone needs funds, uh, you can reach out to me directly, and I can put you in contact with some people at the BDC who do have these funds available to help small businesses. The interest rates will be quite favorable from what the government is saying. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I know that people don't like debt, but in times like these, if you think you can save your business, then go for it, in my opinion. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here uh, today, Evan. And and stay safe. (laughs) You too, Laura. You too, everybody else. Stay safe and uh, just please stay home, everybody. Helped you start KID. Um, I mean, the, so opening hotels is, mm-hmm. like, is like running a business, but, uh, with someone else's money. So you have the investors, owners, uh, that you report to, but in the day to day you're running the business. Mm-hmm. So all of, like, I was lucky to be, to be put in those positions and to gain that experience um, because you, you have to, you start from nothing and you have all the departments to put together. So example, a hotel, you have guest services, uh, sales and marketing, finance, housekeeping, um, the restaurant side, food and beverage. So you have all of these parts that you have to put together and, and build. So my experience doing this really helped me and, and prepared me to launch my own business because in, in a business, you also have all these moving parts that mm-hmm. are kind of separate entities, but you have to put together. So that's, that's really what helped me. I find my, my experience doing that prior. Um, and also, I would say like the most important thing is that I learned through through my hotel experience was people management, uh, human relations, whether it's employee management or like just managing uh, guests. And mm. so in hotels, it's a, it's a highly human position. And this really helped me to launch my company, which has a, also like a strong customer service aspect in it. Yeah, for sure. If you're dealing with people's kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so you take the leap, you resign from your job, you yeah. start KID. Mm-hmm. Day one of, of you starting KID, what, what do you do? What, how did you do it? Um, the first, I started first, so I knew I needed two things. Technology, because I wanted to be in a, a fully functional online platform. Mm-hmm. And people, to, to babysitters, to give the service. Mm-hmm. So I started with building my website. I did not know 
anything about creating a website. Mm -hmm. I didn't have uh, financing or anything. So obviously I was starting from like with almost no money. Um, So I outsourced a team in the first few weeks um, to create the website. I had a vision. So I told them exactly what I wanted and then they, they built it. And then on the side, while this was being done, I started my recruitment for, for babysitters. Wow. And so how long did it take to get up and running? About three months. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was not perfect. Huh? I launched uh, <laughs> at some, and that's, it's part of it too. If you wait for everything to be perfect, it, it won't happen. Like, yeah, at, Someday you just have to dive in and um, at the end when everything was functioning properly, we just decided to launch a platform and then deal with issues that would, uh, that would arise. Yeah, I think there's a saying, um, if, you, if, if you're not embarrassed by what you launch, that means you launch <laughs> too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like now I'm, I'm talking about the tech, size, uh, mm-hmm. the tech side of things because that's like, of course, there were bugs at the beginning, people trying to book and small mistakes happening and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bound to happen. Um, but on the babysitting and service side, that I was pretty strong on because if I sent a babysitter somewhere and it didn't go well, well, like this is the essence of my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially at the beginning, parents needed to be wowed right away. Um, so on this, things were pretty well settled and like ready to go. So how did, how did you go through this recruitment to make sure that that part of your service was excellent? Yeah, so I did, I mean, at the beginning and still today, we're super strict uh, in, in the recruitment process. We start, we recruit mostly in CEGEP, univers- like universities, um, in, in concentrations where, uh, there's anything related to like childcare. So education, uh, early childhood education, psychology, social work. So most mm-hmm. of our sitters, we also have a few that are not studying in, in a related field, but most of our sitters, um, are studying and like they, they want to work with children. So that's where we start first. That's where we recruit because we, we want people that genuinely like caring for children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go through, through resumes. We make sure there's a minimum of three years of experience, um, in childcare. We do a, we run a background check. We make sure every single babysitter has a um, first aid CPR certification that is adapted to early childhood. And we do interviews. And then finally, we do an in-person training, a kid professional training. Um, so that were, were always the steps since I, I first started that uh, sitters would, would go through. And the fact that we meet them in person also like adds to the, the relationship and we make sure that, you know, I, I have a, a one-year-old and I always make sure that when I meet the sitters that uh, I would leave my one-year-old with them, that I would mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good test. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of them come to my, my home as well <laughs> to care for my daughter. <laughs> 
So you start this vigorous process from the very beginning then. Yeah, yes, this was always it. it. Now we're doing it in a much higher volume, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning, I was doing it all myself. Now we have a recruiting coordinator. Um, I, I kind of come in at the end only for the in-person training. Uh, the rest is done by someone else, but um, it's the same strict process. Yeah, wow. That's, that's intense from the beginning, but it goes to show like that's what you want your service to be. So you had to, you had to make sure this part of the, of the company was right. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like if, if people book a sitter and there's a bug on the website, yes, it's irritating, but it's mm -hmm. okay. They'll still book again. Mm -hmm. If sitter's not good, they will never come back and they will never talk about kid to, to other parents. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a pretty good lesson for a lot of entrepreneurs is to identifying what is essential for your business and, yeah. and really focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the beginning you launch after three months, you know, some bugs on the website, not a big deal, but how, how did the service work at the beginning? Um, I mean, it, it's always been the same concept. So, uh, so anyone who needs a sitter goes on, the platform they select, the date and time and location, and they're immediately matched with an available babysitter. And mm -hmm. the the thing with with kid is that it's instant. The confirmation is instant. They don't they don't have to ask. Oh, okay, I want to book her. Is she available or not? If she shows up, she's available. Um, mm -hmm. so people can book directly. So that that's that's how it started, and it's still the same thing now. Um, the, the thing that we worked on the most is the user experience and the design on, on the website. So that obviously like we improved it, we changed things uh, over time. Mm -hmm. And also at the beginning, I think you remember telling me that it was actually, the website was for parents. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, th so that's um, a very important point. So we started, um, working with parents directly so our business was b2c mm -hmm. and quickly in the first few months um come like hr people company owners uh, started contacting me because they wanted to offer this to their employees they there was always like some issues um parents facing unexpected situations like the daycare is closed um, there's a pet day, there's a snowstorm and parents are always stuck in between like work and family. So employers mm -hmm. would like started to come to me and say, Hey, can we offer kid? We'll, we'll pay for it for our employees. We'll give them access and they can just book their sitters whenever they need, whenever they have a conflict, uh, and they, they can book it on the corporate account. So I found it super interested, uh, interesting. And I did a market research and I found, found out two things. One, there was, it was a big problem. So I like, like look through data and searches and parents would miss um, in, on average up to eight days per year because of a, a related like childcare issue. Mm -hmm. And so, so it was a big problem and it's, it's a, it's a problem that costs business businesses a lot of money because a day of work missed by a parent can cost them up to 11 times that, that day's pay. Um, so Whoa, that's yeah. a crazy stat. 
Mm -hmm. So if you if you think of 